This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636 with Mike Van Solen, Kim Wright, and Dave Sparrow. Let me ask you about some things that have surfaced on the campaign trail. Uh, this morning, Justin Trudeau was in Hamilton, suggested that uh, if the Liberals are reelected, he'd uh, roll out a national pharmacare plan, uh, which would involve $6 billion for the next four years. Mind you, last week, Jagmeet Singh said uh, he'd do it $10 billion uh, a year, and uh, everything, including devices and uh, so on, prosthetics, all would be paid for. I'm curious now, is this just indicative of how things are on a campaign, promises made, uh, you know, you just uh, swing for the fences, voters perhaps being bought with their own money? Uh, Because I'm not entirely clear how a national plan would work, given that a lot of people have private plans already, and do those replace those and, uh, you know, and put it on the taxpayers' back rather than employers? So uh, let's go around the horn. Mike, how do you see it? Yeah, I think this is a, a terrible idea. The parliamentary budget officer uh, has costed it. It's, uh, you know, $23 billion to the public purse. Um, and, you know, there's ample evidence to say that uh, these these programs are problematic. A lot of people try to hold up New Zealand, uh, which has a, a similar uh, national pharmacare program. But the real challenge is, and they talk about the bulk buying, the efficiency of the bulk buying. The real challenge is that there's a whole bunch of prescriptions and drugs that you just never get because uh, the because the, uh, pharmaceutical companies don't bring their drugs to those markets first. So uh, it just puts us behind. And we do have so many um, more pressing needs in the healthcare system than a, than a pharmacare system that, look, there, there are some issues, there's some gaps in people who aren't covered, and, and that should be addressed. But trying to throw it a, a system that's functioning for those who have private health insurance uh, who are employed um, is just putting costs into the system uh, on, on taxpayers that's ridiculous and solving a problem that in many respects doesn't exist for the vast majority of Canadians. So it's more of a net burden. Uh, and how do you see it, Dave Sparrow? Well, I would say that it is a problem that exists for more and more Canadian workers. Uh, we have precarious workers, part-time workers who are having to hold down two or three jobs. And although they're working sometimes even more than full-time hours in a given week, they don't uh, qualify for benefits under any of the uh, plans because they're all part-time. I was just reading on Facebook, I say that just to qualify the uh, where the information came from, <laughs> that, uh, that Whole Foods uh, may have just cut health benefits for 1,900 uh, part-time workers. And so if that seems to be, you know, a, a trend or if that's something that's, that's happening, I think that a national pharmacare program that does address, and I'm pointing at Mike, that does address those people who don't have access in some other way uh, would be a good thing to pursue. And I will talk about bulk buying because, in fact, we know that uh, even within some of the programs that already exist, that bulk buying does r- reduce costs. We have uh, situations, although not in Canada to the same degree, but down in the States where people are having to decide whether they're going to buy their insulin and how they're going to um, basically stretch it out over a longer number of days and take less than what they need. And young people are actually dying because they can't afford their medications. And as more and more new medications come on and they're more and more expensive, we need to find ways of reducing those costs and making them available available to everyone who needs them. All right. So what do you do? Scrap the private plans that exist out there and supplant them with this whole, uh, you know, social safety net, the pharmacare plan. Jugmeat's talking big bucks, $10 billion a year. 
He is talking, but he also has a plan to pay for that, which includes his uh, super wealth tax, as it's being affectionately referred to as. Uh, but more... how, do you, how, how do you pay, wait a minute, $10 billion a year uh, oh. for the super wealthy to be taxed? At what level are you So taxing? it's it's uh, 1% over 20, if you're making more than $20 million, like you're well, asking. How, how many of those people exist where at 1% you're finding the money? Sadly, or interestingly, uh, depending on enough. your perspective, quite enough, actually. And the Parliamentary Budget Office has looked at this, but also... It also depends on what your values are. And Mike, with all due respect, besides the fact we have a growing you know, gig economy and less and less people having a full set of benefits from their employer, uh, there's a lot of uh, people who are entrepreneurs uh, who don't have it or run small businesses that, do, that cannot afford yet to have a full benefits program. And what ends up happening increasingly is that they end up in hospital and then not being able to have those medications when they come out of hospital and then ending up right back in there. So there are a whole lot of costs that are associated with this. But to your earlier point, John, your earlier question, really, do we hear all these things? Yeah. So in the last, you know, five, six, seven days, uh, Jigmeet Singh and the New Democrats have started to get garner some interest by some of those progressive voters that Justin Trudeau needs to get himself reelected. And these are the tried and true tropes that in my 30 years in politics, I've heard every liberal talk about uh, a national pharmacare program. And I've heard them talk about universal daycare. And, you know, today's announcement by the prime minister about we're going to go after those cell phone companies. We're going to get out of them this time. What have you been doing for the last four years when you haven't done any of this? This last election was supposed to be the last one on first past the post. We were supposed to have proportional representation. Right, so they're disingenuous so, when they're bringing it up now. Of course they are. It is it is what they try to do and hope no one calls them out on it. I would say to Canadians, if a, if a liberal candidate, especially if there's an MP, comes to your door, ask them why they haven't done any of this to date, because they've had four years. And, All right. Let me, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, luckily we don't have first-past-the-post elections anymore in Canada, so it's all going to figure itself out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, memo to Dave. Uh, they didn't fulfill that promise. What? But what do you make of the Greens' plan uh, to decriminalize all drug possession Uh is that a sound one, or is a drug issue because Elizabeth May says it's a national health emergency rather than criminalizing it and penalizing people for, you know, heroin possession, for example, right. Mike? Uh, I'm actually open to this conversation. I don't see a lot of reason why we, uh, you know, would throw these people in jail. Uh, you know, I would... I would have a conversation about decriminalizing, not legalizing it, while at the same time doubling the fine and punishment for people who sell and push it. Um, but, you know, look, I was on the TTC just the other day driving, going out to the, back to the East End, and there's a couple, clearly people who uh, who were drug addicts. And I don't know what the system gets from, I'm sure they had stuff on them. I don't sure, I'm not sure what the system gets by throwing handcuffs on them and, and putting them in the justice into jail. Um, I think it is. I but think well, it, couldn't I, you force them to get some kind of help? I mean, right well, now think, it's the honor system. They go into safe injection sites. It's just a <clears> rotating door. I think Portugal offers some uh, some uh, example of how to deal with this. They've done this. Uh, you do have to still, you know, charge them small fines. Maybe go to a uh, uh, stand in front of a, a commission, a doctor, and 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 get some recommendations on what can be done. Um, uh, Look, I think I think it is an epidemic that it has some challenges. I'm I'm not talking about decriminalizing it. Uh, I would, for the people who are pushing it, I think we should be even tougher and give cops more resources to go after them. But when I see these uh, addicts walking around the street, I just don't know what uh, we solve by throwing them. Uh, you know, I think we have to do better by them than just throwing them in jail. 
Let me ask a sort of an attendant question, believe it or not, uh, has to do with safe injection. And uh, that's immunization against the uh, flu that uh, comes out every year at this time. We get uh, sort of notification of such. But four in ten Canadians won't get vaccinated for influ- influenza this year. And uh, among, amongst the misperceptions is that uh, they don't think it's effective or that it only works for previous strains of the virus. And they also believe that healthy people don't need a flu shot. Uh, I mean, amongst other uh, numbers here, you know, it looks like there's hesitancy to get vaccinated. And you see the public health authorities going nuts. You used to be a paramedic, Dave Sparrow. I mean, does this concern you? I mean, if we had a flu epidemic, uh, we could be in trouble. Here's what an epidemic is. One person gets the flu, they pass it on to someone else, they pass it on to someone else. The weak and and the uh, infirm, the children, the seniors, they're the ones who die from it. And so although you might live through the flu that only affects you for four or five days, you might give it to your children, you might give it to your grandparent, etc. Healthy people need to get the flu vaccine. They need to protect themselves so they don't spread it to others. And certainly people who are in the highest risk groups need to get the vaccine. And the great thing is they found that people who get the vaccine regularly year after year are actually building up a general tolerance to the flu, which helps them to, even if they come in contact with a new flu, they um, get through those flu symptoms quicker than, than they would have in the past. And so, frankly, everyone needs to do this. It's the smart thing to do. It's the protective thing to do. We live in a very crowded society on subways and other things. Just protect yourselves. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.